0: this is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Hello, hello, gentlemen. How's everyone doing?
1: Sailor.
2: Hey, Sailor. Doing really well. Good to be back.
0: Yeah, last week was... Last week was an interesting show, I think. Matt yeah. and I almost came to blow. Yeah,
1: Yacht. it was... Uh... That's what the show's all about. Yeah, it's I, think we, I think we the need a. Yeah, we
0: need
1: since, a we need a blow up every once in a while. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. It was fun. Makes life
1: interesting. It does.
0: So I makes me wonder how this is going to go down. Our subject uh, for tonight and our battle for next week. I'm hmm. curious if we will be coming to blows again.
2: We. But shall I'm ready see. for it. I don't know. I got
0: my gloves on. Well, what's been new, everybody?
2: We had a bit of sad news in the whiskey uh, whiskey community this week. Oh, yes. Um, I guess, true. yeah, we did lose the founder of the Bardstown Bourbon Company, uh, Peter Loftus. Um, unfortunately, 61 years old. It's, uh, you know, way too early for anybody to go.
0: Absolutely, so. absolutely. Yeah, our thoughts go out to his family and friends, and we'll definitely pour one out for him tonight. It's a very sad loss, indeed.
2: Yeah, Yeah, one thing that always impressed me about him, I know he was very active on social media, a lot more than most um, executives uh, generally are. He was.
0: Yeah, I wonder sometimes with the, I mean, I get, you know, I I always wonder if it's really them or if it's someone else. Um, But it, it felt like it was really him. In my opinion, it did to me, too. Well, in other less sad news. Well, I guess this could be sad news, too, depending on how you feel about them. So, you know how these bands say they're never, ever touring again. They've broken (laughs) up forever. They'll never, ever get back together. And some idiots even go as far as signing a contract. With their label, or I guess you could say former label, to make sure that they'll never ever play again or make music again. Is this ringing a bell for anyone?
1: I think I may have read something about this.
2: Mm, Not entirely sure what you're referring to here.
0: Well, it seems that uh, the douchebags in Motley Crue Mm -hmm. blew up their contract. Okay. They're reuniting and planning to tour with Def Def Leppard and Poison.
2: Yes, I did hear about that. Okay. I was kind of wondering if that's what you're referring to, but I wasn't 100% sure. Okay.
0: Yeah, they had gone so far. Like, it wasn't just, you know, oh, we broke up and we're done and whatever. You know, who knows? But it was, we are never doing it. So here's a contract saying we're never doing it.
2: (laughs) never say never
0: fools why i mean why would you Mm. you're idiots to do that i mean because you never know what the future is going to hold and i also thought it was such a to me it seemed like a pr stunt because you just put out like a movie about the band forming in your lives Mm -hmm. so obviously you're probably going to get new fans if you're attracted to douchebaggery and you're not going to tour anymore. Okay. Yeah.
2: Whatever. They've had more attention uh, paid to them in the last year because of that movie than they have probably in the past 20 years.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I don't know. Whether it was just all a stunt or they're just, they can't keep their word either way, I would never go see them. So, I good would luck, go motherfuckers.
1: That. I would see that show if it were I mean, I don't know why. If it was
0: eighty eight. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, I did see uh-huh. them back then, and yeah, their shows were fun. But
1: yeah, if they those three ever got like together, though, that would have been huge back then. Those oh god, that together. would have been gigantic. Killer. Yeah, I'm trying
2: to think. Uh, were they maybe they a, any kind of a uh, like they monsters of rock together or something like that? You know,
0: I'm sure they were. I was just gonna say, I bet you they've they've. I don't know, like if the three in specific, but I feel like they probably did tour together. I can't remember who was with them when I saw them, but um, yeah, I mean, Vince Neil sounds like complete dog shit now, so I have no idea why they're trying this. Hopefully maybe it'll help. Sounds him like dog shit.
1: Weight. Yeah. It looks like dog shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> sounds like it. sounds like it looks like it smells like yeah. it.
1: It's like, who's worse, <laughs> Axel or Vince? My God.
0: It's, it's a toss up. It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least Axel hasn't murdered anybody to the best of our knowledge. Ooh. So, you know, we'll have to give that one to Vince.
1: Well, he's got Axel beat there, that's for sure.
0: And that's saying a lot. If as that's far as the we bar. Yeah. If murder is the bar. <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs>
1: It would be right. like Axel. It would be like Axel to come out next year and be like, "Yo, you know, I murdered someone back like yeah, I years murdered ago. someone
0: too." Yeah. So <laughs> be the bigger douchebag, I'm the bigger douchebag. <laughs> That's all right. You win the award, Vince. You win. You the just
2: award. wait. And Gene Simmons would then come out and say, "Oh yeah, well I was the original?"
0: Oh guy. yeah, I was the one who taught everyone to murder people. <laughs>
1: And yeah. you know, I, 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 I d- discovered these guys. So uh, I discovered these I'm guys
0: a... and then showed them how to commit vehicular manslaughter.
1: <laughs> God,
0: <laughs> this just went down a really. I'm an accessory. Bad this. <laughs> yeah, because he you doesn't know. drink. <laughs> I didn't drive the car because I'm Gene Simmons. I don't drive cars. I made someone else do it for me. <laughs> My son. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! What are we supposed to be talking about again? <laughs>
1: oh man,
0: I don't, even I don't know. Ed, help!
1: Okay.
0: Take us out of this hole.
2: Okay then, you have just heard a little tease there about what we're getting into tonight Um, So if you haven't guessed it, we are talking about the band Bad Company I cannot deny And uh, (laughs) we are going to be battling an album or two, actually two And what are they? Well, you're just going to have to stick around and find out.
0: It's a cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun! You're welcome again, Ed, for giving you all these awesome sound bites.
1: (laughs) Just more work for him to do. And as
2: always, um, (laughs) we... Before we talk about the albums and the band we're discussing, we like to talk about um, what we're drinking tonight in
1: the show. And Matt, would you like uh, to kick off? Yeah, uh, usually that's my part, but oh, you did a good job. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm looking at the wrong. <laughs> Thing here, but it looks like it's my name next to that line. Okay. Um, I will not kick off, because I am drinking my whiskey segment. Oh. So, somebody else. You see. See, see, this is what happens. See, right. that's why like, I don't got, do it. I leave you it got to everything out of order. Anyway, but okay, who wants to go first, since I will be going I'll last? I'll go
2: first. Okay, since go first. You
0: guys both just fucked it all up. <laughs> I'll write the ship. So, okay, tonight... Since we were talking about one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite favorite classic rock bands. Um, this is just a band that anytime they come on the radio, anytime, you know, they come up on my one of my playlists, I'm just like, just like a comfort. Just, they're fucking great. Um, so I decided I was going to drink some Wild Turkey Rare Breed tonight since it's my house bourbon and it's, you know, I always say my deserted island bourbon. Um, it just, yeah, just, it's got enough grit to it, but enough smoothness, it's got enough spice and enough sweetness. It's just, just, you know, when I remember to pull it off the shelf when I'm like, I try to go through drinking things I haven't drank in a while. And then I go back to my rare breed. I'm like, yeah, I remember why I love this shit so much. Mm-hmm. And that's why I chose it. tonight. I, I just love I love everything about how that how that whiskey comes across. Um, is definitely bold. It's definitely got its um, warmth to it, but the sweetness and the roundness to it. Just time and time again, no matter how many different bourbons I try, when I go back to it, it just still kicks so much ass so yeah that's why I chose to drink some rare breed tonight
2: oh yeah I'm totally with you on that and that's one that I'm getting to the point where I'm almost afraid to talk about it anymore because (laughs) we
1: keep talking about it it's still so
2: good and so affordable I I guess as long as you know Fred Minnick stays away then we'll be all right
0: (laughs) yes please Fred if you're listening just don't don't talk about it. Just don't talk about it. Don't drink it. Just stay away from it, please. You
1: know he's going <laughs> to talk, talk about it now. Great. There, there it goes. I, I actually have a very funny, quick, little wild turkey quip from work, if yeah. you will. Um, so I had a customer who came in, and she said, oh, I really love Russell's Reserve. I was like, oh, awesome. I do, too. You know, we have that yeah. in common. She's like... <laughs> you know, I'm looking for something similar, you know, might be along the same vein of that same price point. I said, okay. I said, have you had wild turkey rare breed? And she says, oh, wild turkey would never touch this stuff. (laughs) Ah. Uh, And I'm like, you have no idea what you're drinking, do you?
0: Oh, man, that's amazing. I'm like,
1: like, guess what? (laughs) Guess what you've been drinking the whole time. So yeah, that's just my little wild turkey quip. That's from, what scares from retail. me. Yeah. I'm
0: just so afraid that they'll change the packaging
1: mm-hmm. one day.
0: I'm afraid that when Jimmy goes, I hope not. I hope they just leave it alone because if they ever change the labels, the packaging, forget it. We'll never touch it again. That'll be the end of that. It'll be cuz that's what holds people back. They just think of garbage when they see wild turkey or think of wild turkey and God, you couldn't be more wrong.
1: So I like try to, a, that was my grandpa's
2: drink kind of a thing i you know? get a
1: lot of sideways looks when they're like oh, i need your best value bourbon under 30 but you know i'm like oh, yep. wild turkey wild turkey 101 yep boom you know like yeah and they're like what, what?
0: Uh-huh. i'm expecting
1: that i'm gonna pull some like unicorn out of my ass like yeah. some special and i'm like no that's you know that's it
0: <laughs> just just trust although
2: I would love to see you pull a unicorn out of your ass that would be pretty um, you all? fun
0: I don't think I'd like to see it but I'd like to hear about it <laughs> I'll avert my eyes on that one thing <laughs> I think it'd be pretty fucking messy and really uncomfortable for the unicorn, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, the unicorn. Oh, probably you too and yeah, me too yeah think
0: about it <laughs> Oh, fuck. Ed, what are you drinking?
2: (laughs) All right. Well, this week I've been thinking about something I saw on Instagram. Um, There was a company um, who made a a claim. I think they they later altered it to a question. But it was a claim about being the first to make a bourbon out of um, popcorn. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> um, we have a local craft distillery here in Illinois called Whiskey Acres, and um, about almost two years ago exactly, they put out um, one of their artisan series uh, bourbons, which is made with a blue popcorn, and I have it right here in front of me. Um And so I think that it's a, it's a weeded mash bill. They use a weeded mash bill for all their, uh, bourbons. Um, if I remember right, I think it's, um, 75% corn, 15% uh, wheat, and then 10% malted barley or something along those lines. Um, it's pretty corn heavy. Um, but anyway, at any rate, it's this blue popcorn and... Um talk about a unique a unique bourbon. It's really really, really good actually. Uh, I know it's fairly young. I think it's on. they're only like a couple years old, but um, and they're aged in like the fifteen gallon barrels, I believe the smaller ones mm. but uh, you it, it does drink like a young bourbon, but the uh, the flavor is really unique. It's kind of hard to describe. um it's very. You definitely t- smell the corn. There's a little bit of a uh, little bit of grass in there. Probably a little bit of a little bit of honey, um, like a, a kind of a floral note in there. It's very soft, very uh, very easy to drink. So, yeah, it's a it's a pretty nice pour.
1: Have you ever visited them, Ed? Have you ever gone? yes to the... yeah. I've been
2: to visit them a few times. Okay. Yeah, awesome. going on on the tour a couple times, and I've actually helped them bottle. Um, they have like bottling parties because they're such a small mm-hmm. operation. But what they do is have these bottling parties, where they put out the call for people, and you come in and you get a, get on the uh, assembly line, and you bottle the uh, whatever they're bottling for that day. And I happen to be bottling w- their vodka. When they did it, I was filling vodka bottles and then they have like a pizza party and they give you like a tasting flight and stuff like that after we, after you're done in the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you get to, you know, socialize with people while you're working and talk about whiskey and stuff. So it's pretty fun. Very yeah, cool. That sounds like fun. Yeah.
0: So did you guys, do you guys know what the difference is between corn and popcorn?
2: Well, you one, you, you pop and the other, you don't.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Micro- microwave.
0: <laughs> so it's only one variety that will pop, apparently.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's called Zia Maze Averta. And that is the only strain that will actually pop.
2: That was on the tip of my tongue.
0: I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to be dry. They have to be a oh. certain at a certain, oh, I hate saying this word, moisture level.
2: Oh, you're one of those people, huh?
0: Yes. And then dried a, to, like, I guess, a specific – in a specific way. And then it can be packaged up and you can take it home and pop it. Um, so it's – and when you're doing that, you're basically taking the – when when you heat the outside of the kernel, um, the moisture inside the kernel turns to steam and it creates the pressure, which makes it burst open. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why people want to distill whiskey from popcorn. I wouldn't do it. Um, I'm assuming it's just, if you're a small distillery, you can screw around with things like that. Sure. Uh, why not?
1: I,
2: See what happens.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're small enough, I just, I, I mean, that wouldn't scale for a large distillery. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess those people didn't do their research. Who was it again? Do you remember who it was that said that made that claim?
2: Uh, Bardstone bourbon company.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to if you Google it. It's not that hard to find people. Do your research. I mean,
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of a bold... it's kind of a bold claim to make to say you're first in anything in the whiskey world. Because I Absolutely. mean, because what else
1: nowadays? What, what else yeah. out
2: there that hasn't been done and tried already?
1: Who not much. Knows. Yep. Who
0: not knows? Much. So, um. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to like. There's a few actually craft distilleries that are using popcorn to distill whiskey. So, yeah.
2: Just okay, do your and it research, took you, man. What, two minutes to find that on Google? Literally took <laughs> not me even two, two minutes.
0: minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not even. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's. I'm re- like, and there's videos too. There's videos <sighs> on how to make moonshine from popcorn mash and I mean then all you have to do is stick it in a barrel whoop de doo but it's like it's everywhere <laughs> what is wrong with these people get it together people <laughs> anyway
2: right. well why don't righty- we get then. into Matt's whiskey segment
1: we why don't we do that
2: I'm sitting here in Memphis a whiskey bottle in my hand i got to find a woman
0: I'm only on a one-night stand
1: Okay, so we are talking about Bad Company. Now, admittedly, I don't have a lot of experience with this band. I know the hits. Heard them a time or two. Uh, but... I haven't really heard an album straight through, you know, until studying for this, this episode, not going to lie, straight shooter. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) maybe, maybe (laughs) we'll see. Um, so we all know what it means to be, to keep bad company. You know, that old saying, you know, surrounding yourself with not so savory individuals, if you will. Like Motley Crue. Like (laughs) Motley Crue. Yes. Um, (laughs) But I also know what it means to actually have bad company. A lot of you will, will agree with me on this one as well. After all, it is the holiday season, a time oh, of God. year. A time <laughs> of year to cherish those we love and celebrate family. Though, you know, sometimes in our families, there may be certain members we aren't as fond of. As you love others. a cousin Eddie? I mean... We <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> see where i'm going with this all right <laughs> so
1: we still love them but we don't like it's them. more of a tolerating you know yeah so maybe they just complain a lot they're always late they're grumpy maybe they're demanding or very picky whenever they come over your house or maybe just maybe they drink your fine whiskey without your consent what Ooh, who did that maybe. maybe who did that maybe did someone
0: really do that to you?
1: I promise not to say any names on air. You don't have to least. say
0: a name. Just say yes or no. Someone yes. actually did That's that to you? That's the
1: point of my entire I would. Segment.
0: I would lose my effing mind.
1: It's happened a couple times. <gasps> so, <laughs> see, I took a different approach to this whiskey segment, as you can see here. So, now I'm a proponent, as As you know, we've we've used this line a few times on the show. Uh, It doesn't matter how you enjoy it as long as you enjoy it with those you care about. That's true. That's true. Um, But yeah, but everyone in this whiskey community has those bottles. You know, when you have people over, you push them forward for all to enjoy. But there's those certain few you kind of push them forward, but then you kind of tug back a little bit. You know, you put them over to the side. Hope no one notices them, you know. So, like I said, it's happened a couple times, uh, but one bottle in particular that really just steamed my clams <laughs> about getting too dirty. Um, up until about two days ago, when I actually found a replacement. Um, so, for this whiskey segment in honor of having bad company who drank my bottle, uh, I am drinking the Nikka Taketsuru Pure Malt.
0: What the f- get at? yeah hold, hold on. I need a second to process this cause yeah. I'm gonna freak out for you. Someone <laughs> drank, fuck your Japanese whiskey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you not assume, oh my God, that family member or friend would be dead. They wouldn't be alive anymore.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, damn. Damn. yeah, yeah. Um, that's heavy, but, man. it took It took me a while to get over that one.
0: My condolences uh, to you.
1: yes. <laughs> Bad company, indeed. Um, But uh, this bottle I did have at one point, and it was shamefully consumed without my consent. Um, And this was right at the time when the higher-end Japanese whiskeys were becoming a bit harder to get your hands on. They were still available, but this is when the the switch started turning to, like, oh, doubling and tripling the retail price.
0: Yeah.
1: So it took me a few years, uh, but I finally have another bottle in my possession not two days ago or three days ago I put a post on Instagram when I was drinking it outside um so to the whiskey amazing whiskey um so Nika is actually for those who aren't familiar with it it's a distilling company it is not an actual distillery but they own two distilleries Uh, and I'm gonna butcher these names like I always do but the Yochi distillery and the Migayiko distillery and it's a blend of malts from both distilleries uh, just a super elegant whiskey through and through. Lots of sherry notes, um, stewed fruits, uh, a little bit of honey sweetness, some orange zest. Just beautifully crafted, um, a beautifully crafted whiskey. And um, Takatsuru, it's actually named after Takatsuru who uh, himself uh, just uh, he was just ahead of his time. He was a pioneer. Uh, he was one of those guys. Uh, Same thing with Tori from the Yamazaki Distillery, who uh, went to Scotland from Japan, studied the terrain, studied the water, uh, went and got an organic chemistry degree from the University of Glasgow. Uh, Just really immersed himself in the culture and everything Scotch. And, And actually, just to put a quick bow on this and bring it back around to bad company, actually married a Scottish woman and their families hated each other they Ooh. absolutely fucking hated each other Yikes. so they abs- absconded back to, Jap- uh, to japan uh and that's when he founded uh what would be the i believe it's the yochi distillery uh mm-hmm. first um but yeah the families hated each other i'm sure those family parties while he was in scotland were not t- too pleasant if there were any um so bad company there uh, bad company here, uh, but I do have my bottle <laughs> back, so I am very, very happy about that. So uh, that is my whiskey segment. All right. Yay. Hey. I, I like yeah. the approach. Was, I love um, this. I love
0: the choice, but I don't love that you were robbed like that.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah I would have gone yeah. to fisticuffs
0: if it was me. Somebody would have a black eye.
1: And a yeah. Eye. Yeah. It was a while ago, but you know, whatever. You don't Bigon, get over Bigon, shit Bigon. like that, though. It's, it's true, but you know. <laughs>
0: We'll, <laughs> the talk. Great,
1: we'll talk. Whiskey
0: drinking event of 2000 and whatever yeah. would remain in my
1: historical
0: angry <laughs> box for a very long time.
1: We'll talk about Can it later. I'll give you more details.
0: Yeah, I'm going to, I obviously yeah. have to hear about this. Mm-hmm.
2: Kind of well, like the Bumpus's dogs and the turkey.
0: Oh, God. no This is way worse. Than that. <laughs> Turkey versus your (laughs) Japanese whiskey.
1: (laughs) 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 It was gone. Oh, God. (laughs) All right. So good.
0: Well, thank you very much for that fantastic whiskey segment, Matt.
1: Thank you.
0: Why don't we talk about the band Bad Company? All right, let's go back, way, way back, to the wonderful year of 1973 in London. Was it wonderful?
2: That was a magical year.
0: It was one of the most magical years because I was born that year.
2: (laughs) Wasn't Journey as well?
0: Mm, I think so. See (laughs) how many amazing things happened when I was born? It was like they all knew. Get ready, this bitch is coming. (laughs) They're all serenading me into the world. All right, enough of that. So it's London, 1973, and there is a hard rock super group being formed by singer Paul Rogers of the British ba- band Free, guitarist Mick Ralphs of Mott the Hoople. We need to cover those guys, actually. Yeah, we really do. They, yeah. they, I don't know. Been, they're strung together with so many of the bands and musicians we've talked about.
2: What do you think is better? Mop the Hoople or Furmius Bandersnatch?
0: Uh, musically, Bandersnatch. probably Mott the Hoople. No. no, I'm just talking
1: about the
0: Bandersnatch. It's <laughs> still one of my favorites ever. <laughs> I
1: like <Nickel> anyway.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, and then uh, they added drummer Simon Kirk. He was also from Free. And bassist Boz Burrell of King Crimson. And this band would be... Okay, so Peter Grant, who of course managed the Yardbirds and then Led Zeppelin, managed Bad Company and signed them to Swan Song Records, which was a division of Atlantic, but it was the record company owned by Led Zeppelin, so no pressure. You're the first band <laughs> on Led Zeppelin's, you know, record company. You're called a super group the minute you form. You know, it's 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 fine. No big deal. Yeah, you guys no. take your time. Just you know, come into your own. However it goes. So a year later, in 1974, the band releases their debut self-titled album, Bad Company, which was recorded at Headley Grange, Hampshire in Ronnie Lane's mobile studio. So I kind of wanted to go into the whole mobile studio thing a little bit, but I went down a freaking rabbit hole and just had to put it aside. So I feel like, we, and we've discussed this before, we need to do a show about some of the famous studios and also just like going down mm-hmm. that rabbit hole of recording the way rock was recorded in the sixties and seventies is actually really super interesting. So I'm going to leave that aside cause I nerded out hardcore.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm going to admit something here that I just learned. Um, I did not know bad company was a British band. Really? I always thought they were, you know, up there with like, you know, American bands like Thirty Eight Special and uh, Leonard Skynyrd, you Here's know, Bad company. Hmm. So learn. I can see how you kind.
1: would think that Ed, because to me they have more of that American rock. Well,
2: sound. They sound rock. like yeah, very, yeah. you know, yeah. American rock.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah you're absolutely. Uh, yeah, but I can yeah. see that for sure, mm-hmm. for sure.
2: But anyway, wow. their debut album was uh, was pretty well received. It reached the number one on the Billboard 200 in the U.S. and number three in the U.K. albums chart, spending 25 weeks in the U.K. charts. And um, it has been certified five times platinum in the U.S. and also has become the 46th best-selling album of the 1970s. Pretty impressive, if you ask Uh, me.
0: If you take a look at what albums were released in the 1970s worldwide... Holy shit! Yeah, it might seem yeah. like not a big deal to be the 46th best selling. Trust, yeah, it is. That, that, that a is a busy, busy decade. <laughs> yes, it, <laughs> yeah. it was.
2: Yeah, yeah. You had a hell yesterday. of a lot
0: of heavy hitters, and um, you, you still had Led Zeppelin. You know, Led Zeppelin was still making music at the time, so um, it's really impressive to come out of the gates, you know, with a number one in the U.S. Damn.
1: Yeah, and talk about the hits though. Off this album, and they are numerous. So you've got the title track, "Bad Company," of course, uh, iconic. Uh, Can't get it enough. Another one, uh, "Rock Steady," "Ready for Love," "Moving On," "Don't Let Me Down." Uh, just, I mean, I might as well just name the whole album because I think we're only missing two songs there. Uh, there is- but just, just a total from front to back. "Soup the Nuts" just a total hit album. Turn on your light.
0: Seventy-five. back when bands would put out an album every year, they released their second album called Straight Shooter. And that album reached number three in both the UK and the US and went platinum in the US. The album had two huge hit singles, Good Love and Gone Bad and Feel Like Making Love. And of course, one of their most recognized songs was on this album, which is Shooting Star. There are, I was going through... Try, when i was researching for the show i was looking up like interviews um both video and magazine interviews where band, other bands have talked about this song there were so many of them that have said oh oh god it's a, it's a brilliant song it's an incredible song from other mu- you know big musicians but a lot of them said you know i i sometimes i can't listen to it or i haven't been able to listen to it um and these are usually the bands that have lost previous band members, or musician friends. Um, And as a matter of fact, Bad Company lost their own shooting star, Paul Kossoff, of the band Free in 1976. So he was, and you'll remember, the two of the guys are from Free, and they were supposed to tour together as well. Um, And that tour was canceled uh, when he passed away. But um, it was really sad. I was watching the behind the music, and um, when they found out, uh, that he died. So, um, it, I actually, okay. So Paul Rogers didn't find out first. I can't remember. It was one of the other guys, um, that found out first and it was right before they were supposed to go on. So they decided not to tell Paul until after the show. Subsequently, he was infuriated, but he says, looking back on it now, he really understands, you know, why they kind of held off because he probably w- he said he probably would have freaked out, gotten on a plane and just flown home. Um, So, uh, so Simon Kirk, you know, was also in the band free with Paul. So he knew the whole time they're playing this gig. And then the other guys, when shooting star came on, they said they all just lost it. They had to just put their heads down and get through the song. And then as soon as they got off stage, they, they told Paul and he flipped his shit. So, um although they didn't write it and and it wasn't written for him they kind of feel like that's the tribute to him and the song is very much about him so it's it, it's a beautiful tribute in a way and that song is just uh that song gets me
2: Yeah, um, well, back to the album. Um, the res- reviews for Straight Shooter were, were mixed from the critics. Um, Gotham axes.
0: <laughs> Say that think, three times. <laughs> I don't know if I sang that
2: correctly or whatever. Anyway, this guy's review of the album for All Music Magazine said that the album's popularity was attributed to the acoustic ballads Shooting Star and Feel Like Making Love, while the two songs written by Simon Kirk Anna and Weep No More, as well as the album not having enough supporting songs and follow-up singles, were what made the album less successful than their uh-huh. self-title album. Um, <clears throat> so some felt that although uh, Straight Shooter was better than its predecessor, it should not be labeled hard rock because Paul Rogers didn't have a strong enough voice, which is what you know a hard rock album should have, according to them. Rolling Stone Magazine, again, was much more favorable. Oh, imagine mm-hmm. that.
1: On the contrary. Yeah. They yeah. that
2: uh, with their Shocking. second album. Bad Company was proving that they would not end up like Mott the Hoople, Free, or King Crimson. Bands that Bad Company's members used to be part of. And they felt this album spoke to longevity.
0: How could they say his voice wasn't strong enough? He's got one of the most badass rock voices That I've ever heard And he is just so effortless too When you see him live I mean he's got that grit And that that The coal and the grime in there I think his I don't know That guy can (laughs) shut the fuck up That's what I have to say about that
1: (laughs) Agreed So at this point After their second album and constant touring As all these bands did back in the day uh, The pressures were really Hitting a critical point Uh, So the pressure of coming out of the gate as a super band, in quotes, the touring and then personality conflicts, along with the band mourning the death of Kossoff, it was a powder keg uh, that couldn't wait for a spark. So they actually managed to release another album, their third album, Run With The Pack, in 1976. The album peaked at number four in the UK and number five on the US Billboard 200. So not bad. Um, So their cover of the coaster single Young Blood peaked at number 20. And this album also spawned radio classics like Silver, Blue and Gold and Live for the Music and the title track, of course. Uh, Although Silver, Blue and Gold remains one of the band's most popular songs, it was actually never released as a single. Very interesting fact.
0: And I feel like, you know, them saying, oh, this album was, you know, I feel like these guys were done wrong, to be honest. Like their second album, oh, yeah, this this, this album sucked. Their third album. Oh, yeah, this album sucked. Fuck you. They're peaking at number four in the UK album charts and number five on the U.S. Billboard 200. Like, talk about setting people up to fail and killing morale. That's just fucking wrong. Agreed. You know, you can say, okay, the the album they came with out of the gate is just an unbeatable album. Bands may never, you know, you may never top that album, but they've been churning out really great, steady music. I just, I think it's so unfair. These people are human beings. I can't imagine with the grueling tour schedule that they had playing this, the arenas they're playing and the successes that they're making and they're being told they're not successful. That, that, that would fucking do me in. I don't know if I could keep going. So 1977, the band releases their third album, burn sky it only reached number 15 in the US and number 17 in the UK and it's unsuccessful, see what i mean? Mm-hmm. So the band so that now they're really really struggling and they were becoming really disenchanted with playing the stadiums. And they say this time and time again in many interviews from back then and then looking back, um, they felt that it was too demanding on their schedule and they felt that it was really disconnecting them from their fans. And then, sadly, tragedy would strike the band again.
2: Yeah. On that fateful day of September 25th, 1980, uh, Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham died of alcohol poisoning. Um, and this, the, the band was very close to John, and they all shared a manager so it really affected everybody everyone in the band uh for quite a while. Uh, Peter Grant lost interest in the group and management in general um after Bonzo's death and in a subsequent interview uh, Simon Kirk said um just said Peter was the the glue that held us all together and in his absence you know they just kind of fell apart.
0: Yeah, that was a rough time. They all really looked up to him and um, you know, Zeppelin felt like they couldn't go on. And then with Peter walking away, that was just had to be horrible for them. Just absolutely horrible.
1: Mm-hmm. So then, after a three year hiatus from recording, the band eventually released Rough Diamonds in 1982. Uh, this would be the sixth and the final LP in the group's original lineup until four new songs were recorded in 1998. 16 years. After this album was released, uh, it was the worst-selling Bad Company album of those that had Paul Rogers as the frontman. Uh, the album peaked at number fifteen in the UK and number twenty-six in the US. But come on, really, you put it into perspective; it's still an album that charted and sold well enough, mm-hmm. uh, which any band would take. I mean, really, I mean, seriously, you know, even if it's not. Yeah. Um, so after the release of Rough Diamonds, Bad Company disbanded. Officially. Mick Ralphs said, uh, Paul wanted a break, and truthfully, we all needed to stop. Bad company had become bigger than us all, and to continue would have destroyed someone or something. From a business standpoint, it was the wrong thing to do, but Paul's instinct was absolutely right. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm glad to, yeah, I
0: was really glad to hear the band finally all agreed that it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, I think looking back in hindsight, you know, growing up a little bit more, they were all on a path of destruction, you know, and having people drop dead around them, I think was probably a big wake up call as well.
1: But to have yes. the foresight to come out and say that is, yeah. I think it says something also.
0: Well, they had come to blows already. I mean, they were, they were. Yeah. You know, they were fist fighting and it it's a it was just bad. And I think, to be honest with you, I really wonder had they not received such a hard time about their successes and if if they weren't set up to fail like they did, if they were just allowed to celebrate their success as it was, would they have blown up like that? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I don't know. It's speculation, but I think they it, it was just I don't know who can, who can live in a pressure cooker like that. So in 1986, the band came back together, but they did it without their lead singer, which I don't know how in the fuck they thought they were going to go on to be completely honest with you. Like for me, Paul is everything in that band. Um, So they recruited Brian Howe, formerly of Ted Nugent's band Talk about another fucking douchebag. It was a very 80s sound. The albums did okay, but they were not bad company albums. Um, So I remember this shit being on MTV and the radio. And I mean, they did better than okay. But... It wasn't Bad Company. And they even talked about that they wanted to have a new name, but they were kind of the label and, and their AR kind of forced them into keeping the name Bad Company. But it doesn't sound anything like Bad Company. It doesn't look like anything like Bad Company. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with Brian Howe, but my God, he can't cover even this. I don't know who could cover, you know, maybe Chris Cornell could have done justice to Bad Company. Like Paul's voice oh is God. just so powerful you know and so specific um i'm
1: so happy you said that name by the way
0: yeah (laughs) but
1: i'll get into that next week okay tune in (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm so Um, happy you said that
0: one of the albums from this period called holy water got a top 40 status like i said it's just not the real bad company and turns out they didn't like each other i should say the band and brian howe did not like each other so um that 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 wasn't great for success either. But I think this is a perfect place to leave it right here. I think that um, you know we've discussed the original the original lineup. That's really who Bad Company is. I think especially now you know everyone agrees the albums that we've chosen are from that period. So I'm not going to delve too much into um, what happened with them in the late 80s and the early 90s. They are back together though. Um, or they were, I should say, um, and they do tour and, and perform sometimes. And that is something I would, I, I watched a live video, um, and Paul stills, he still has it. So I, I would see them live for sure. Um, I saw them live actually. Oh gosh. I I was with my, I think I was with my cousins or my aunt and there was a big, outdoor huge concert at this big ski resort in upstate New York. So I was really small um, and they played and I do remember it actually. <clears throat> I think I was only seven or something.
2: I think you've probably forgotten about more concerts than most people have seen.
1: <laughs> you know, <Probably>. live sailor. <laughs> I would well, agree with that.
0: I feel like it was such, you know, what's funny is I feel like it was a very New York thing and I feel like it was a very, of the eighties thing to go to lots of shows, to go to concerts. I don't know. Like, I feel like if you were into music, that's all you want. That's all I wanted to do was go to concerts. That was it. It was like every teenager's life's work was to go to fucking concerts. And so that's what we did. I don't know. I
1: still, I still know people like that now.
0: Yeah, I do too. And they're, they're my friends that are my age and they still go to every show, Mm -hmm. every con, every time band from back when comes through or they'll even travel to them you know for me it dropped off at some point because i got involved in other things but i think if i was someone that had just like a straight nine to five job i probably would have kept it up i have a feeling also if i didn't get into the music business for a hot minute that kind of killed it for me too
2: Yeah, (laughs) like going to concerts nowadays is so expensive for a hot minute it's
0: terrible um so i'll give you guys a little teaser because uh shit when does this come out i don't know if i can say this and not spoil it but i got um i will be going to a concert um for the first time in a very very long time and it's a big concert i'm surprising robin with tickets i won't say the band um he doesn't listen all the time so i'll make sure he doesn't listen to see um one of his favorite bands from the 80s so I'll tell you guys all about that after it happens. Buckethead? It's not Buckethead. No, no, no. (laughs) He's already, he's already seen Buckethead. Not that I wouldn't, I of course would get him tickets for it, but no, this, he's going to be shocked when he finds out.
2: Okay. Another Mm -hmm. little teaser there.
1: Interesting.
0: So before we go, um, I just wanted to hear from you guys, like what your relationship is with Bad Company. I mean, Matt, you said you didn't, you weren't really familiar with their albums as a whole. (sighs)
1: No, not as a whole, uh, and mostly um, just the title, just the, the self-titled track, really, which was always, like, one of my favorite old-school hard rock songs, uh, the, the title track of the title album, I should say, uh, just fucking fantastic, and, you know, I have I have that song obviously, in in good rotation on and my playlists and everything. But I also have covers of that song, like in my rotation on my playlist as well. Um, so I really like that song. Um, and you know, honest, obviously like the other ones, the big big boppers I've heard, you know from time to time on the radio. but yeah, as far as like actually sitting down and listening to this band. And just diving deep into everything, uh, I'm glad we did this because this, this is really cool. But yeah, just really past the title track, not a ton of experience with this band.
0: Interesting. So I'm really yeah. gonna be curious. Yeah. Um, how you feel about things? I found mm-hmm. this one to be a tough one. Even I haven't made my decision yet. You know, because we still have a week and still I'm still working on it. But I it's found crazy. this one to be very difficult. Um, because it at first seemed really obvious to me and then the more I listened, the albums from start to finish, just like you know they were lined up, just like they were released just like I listened to them and they you know, when I first started listening to music um now then I got confused so I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> i'm still I'm still undecided. What about you, Ed?
1: Well,
2: you're gonna be. Sh- probably a little shocked to hear this and maybe a little upset, but my uh, experience with Bad Company, even though Sailor, you and I are in the same age group. um, My experience with Bad Company pretty much mirrors Matt's. Mm. It's um, and actually I think preparing for this show was probably the first time I ever purposely listened to, A bad company song. Um, Oh, a song. Okay. A song? It's like on the
0: radio every five minutes. No,
2: I said purposely. I mean, actually, like intentionally. I got went and said, "Hey, I want to listen to this song by Bad Company." Either or added it to a playlist or anything. You know, the only experience I've had with Bad Company is whenever they happen to come on the radio. Um, whether it be, you know, classic rock radio now, or, you know, popular rock radio back in the day. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know why it's just that, I guess that it's one of those bands where, um, it just never grabbed me, but now I go back and listen to their albums and I think I can appreciate them a little more now, but, uh, yeah, so, so has
0: your opinion of them changed since you started doing research do you feel like or no? Well,
2: I never really had much of an opinion of them other than, you know. Well, a okay, song have you become out.
0: a fan? I guess I should ask. Do you think you've become a fan?
2: Um, I think now I if I was creating a classic rock playlist, I would definitely include oh, a cool. couple, couple of these songs for sure. Um, yeah. So that's that's about as far as I'm willing to go with that. but. Um,
0: well, that's um, awesome, though. I yeah. mean, that you kind of got turned on. Like, I love when I get turned mm-hmm. on to new music, but it's new old music. That's, like, yeah. the best. You know? Yeah, well, so
2: it's almost like, yeah, getting turned on to a new band for the first time. Right, almost. right. So,
0: yeah, that's not so really,
2: cool. but kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, totally. That's really cool. Yay. Awesome. Well, I am going to be waiting uh, on pins and needles until next week when we get into our freaking battle. Yeah. And to the listeners, you guys are just going to have to wait. You can guess. You can guess in our Facebook group or Instagram what you think we're going to battle. This one might be obvious, but I don't know. We shall see. So until next week, listen to some bad company.
1: And thanks as always for sticking around. We hope you enjoyed that discussion as much as we did. And as always, you can find us on the gram and on Twitter. That's Metal Rock Whiskey. And we also have a super cool Facebook group under Spirit of Rock Podcast, which you can ask to join, and we will gracefully accept you. Um, <laughs> unless you're a douche, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. We'll, we'll accept you. Uh, and follow us individually as well. You can find me at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. Sailor.
0: I'm Sailor Retro all over
2: the internets. And if they want find... <laughs> <little Delia> to <laughs> find me, um, I'm usually hanging out on Instagram. Just look for Bourbon Geek. And hey, listeners, if you love us or even just like us, we ask that you would please hit that subscribe button on your pod feed of choice. It really helps us out. Give us a review if you feel so inclined, because that matters as well. And of course, tune in next week for the battle and another episode of Metal Rack and Whiskey.
0: Fuck you, Lars.
2: Later, everyone. Bye.